Hello and welcome to the CEO Blind Spot Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Randy Velarde, president of the Plaza Group, which, Randy, you founded back in 1994. So welcome to the show. Thank you. And what's unique about you is you've had 25 years of straight profitability. You've never been in a courtroom and you have, well, originally you started with four partners and you bought them out and you're now now the sole shareholder, although I happen to know you're one of the few who have figured out how to have effective succession planning with your own family because you've got your sons, Garrett and Vincent on board. So I don't know if you want to share one or two tips about that because that, that's pretty challenging to do for most people. And you've got it all wrapped up in one company and you're still around. Well, it is, as they say, it takes a village, get And in this, we, we epitomize that. My sons, uh, Garrett and Vincent. I, I just realized uh, the other day my oldest Garrett has now been with us for seven years. And as, as I made mention of a village, I've, I've been so blessed to have great leadership in this company. And my sons, both Garrett and Vincent, have been the beneficiaries of that leadership. So I don't know that it would go so well if they reported directly to me because matters of father and son may, may cloud the way in, in that business relationship. So they, re, they have over their years reported to various, as I said, folks that are extremely Extremely experienced, great at what they do, and are fortunately have been able to share their experiences and their wealth of knowledge uh, to my son. So, as I said, I've been incredibly blessed to, to be able to have that kind of leadership in the company. Of course, not only to to be able to mentor and, and otherwise uh, grow my boys in, in terms of their business acumen, but the very all the all the other things that they've done for this company in their years here at the so are you just really gifted at picking good leaders or I know that you're you have a pretty strong ability to use the benefit of the big company processes and still be an entrepreneur. And I know you have a business model and you've got values. Is it that you pick people who align with your values? Do you pick people who came from big companies who are entrepreneurs? How did you manage to do that? Because that's that's also not easy to do. Well, I think you hit on a lot of very good points there. I have one of the benefits of some might say crudely said uh, growing old is that you get uh, over those that span of time to be exposed to a large number of people in your industry. And so I have been able to, as I said, uh, those contacts, I've, I've been able to pick out a number of individuals that uh, I thought, as you expressed, epitomized our core values that may or may not have been working for large companies. In fact, uh, at this point, I look, I look at folks as we bring folks, people onto the company. I look at folks that, that may be from big companies, but I'm also quite intrigued by those that have been a part of entrepreneurial kind of experiences. Is that right now, especially the case because we're in crisis and you need people who can pivot quickly? Or when did you just kind of look at maybe more entrepreneur type fits? Well, a good question, because I, I spent my first 13 years in this industry with with the bigs, Shell Chemical and, and Texaco Chemical. Mm -hmm. So I think I was naturally uh, predisposed to folks that came from that kind of, a, of an environment. But I've also found over time that we, in fact, are the very example of an entrepreneurial company. In fact, I think because of our 
Well, one of our core values is being opportunistic. And so we're able to move much more swiftly when we identify an opportunity than larger companies are able to do. Uh, we found in our 26 years. So we want folks that that set of eyes, that entrepreneurial set of eyes, we want more of those sets of eyes. And very often those come from folks that have had more of an entrepreneurial experience in this industry than than those that have worked work for the big companies. Yeah. But let so, me just add to that, if I may forget, yeah. that we have, or I have had a great deal of respect in, my, in those 13 years. Uh, those large companies also uh, gave me a very strong appreciation for governance. And so in in our company, we've incorporated many of those kinds of governance that, that large companies do, but yet dispense with all the kinds of silliness that they're required to do by way of, if it's Sarbanes-Oxley or, or just mm-hmm. a larger appetite for governance. But we're able to dispense with some of those other, what we consider to be non-productive activities that larger companies either have to do or find themselves stuck in a rut, perhaps, in, in doing. So we believe strongly in governance. That's, that's translated itself, uh, Birget, in, in the way of a very strong processes that exist in our company, all the way to the establishment of a board of directors that we have. And within that board, we have an audit committee, nominating governance committee, comp committee, audit perhaps being the, the biggest of them all. But I, I just think they're good practices. And, and that's a takeaway from my years uh, with the big guys in my first 13 years in the industry. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that's unique about you is is the combination of the governance practices and entrepreneur. And then regarding your values, there's a lot of entrepreneurs who, when it comes to cash flow, they try to sometimes stretch it. And you have been known that you pay on time all your invoices. So even go ahead. Yeah, well, you're you're spot on. One of our other core values is is financial responsibility, and that takes on many different forms. One of which is, as you made mention of, when our suppliers, when that invoice says to be paid on on day thirty, which we've agreed upon in advance, we pay that invoice on day thirty. We have over our twenty six years because of those that kind of a practice, we have established ourselves as a, as a trusted partner with many large companies such as Shells, Totals, uh, and many, many more. And it's that comment that we very often use, which is do as you say. And, and in fact, we do. Financial responsibility takes on many other forms as well. And I think you made a reference to made mention of one, which is cash flow and, and ensuring that, that you are, you've put your company in a position to weather storms that would without question will will take place over some period of time in your life. Like now? Uh, well, ironically, right now, we seem to be on the right side of that storm. But yes, a, a storm like a COVID could, pandemic could bring, or otherwise a recession may bring, or otherwise some sort of unexpected occurrence, such as one of your larger suppliers uh, decides to shut down. All of which we've experienced in our 26 years and that financial responsibility element, one of our core values, I think, has allowed us to weather all of those storms over the years. Well, I'm glad 
you're here and you're doing well. And then, of course, it sounds like you can't fail. So tell me, did you ever discover a leadership blind spot about yourself? You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm struggling a little bit with that. I'm, and in fact, perhaps the struggle has more to do with the fact that and we've already talked about my two boys in the business. It's it's a struggle. While I mentioned that so far, the onboarding process has, has gone extremely well. The struggle that I am thinking about more and more is when do I gracefully exit and in fact, allow them to take this company, hopefully, and I'm, I'm certain it's the case to even even greater levels. So I think the struggle that, that I want to make sure that I don't have a blind spot too is that of knowing when it's the right time to to step away. I still think that's a few years down the road, but one in which I think uh, it's important to start thinking about since now and, in fact, perhaps put a plan in place to, uh, or at least a, a proposed plan in place to make that happen. Thanks for sharing that. And, and so I'm curious, you started the company and there was four partners and at some point you ended up solo. So what was the timing there that you knew it was time, I guess, to buy out those partners or did you have a blind spot about having selected the partners? Yeah. <laughs> well, at the age of 33, Birgit, I'm going to give myself some uh, leniency in terms of partner selection. It's a very, I'll, I'll try to be rather quick with the story. I, I was, this is back in late 1993, in which Texaco Chemical had decided to sell their chemical company to Huntsman. Well, I happened to be managing chemicals that existed within Texaco's refineries. So I knew that was not going to be sold to Huntsman. I approached my then boss, who was retiring, he had used the occasion to retire, and suggested restart a company up to take these chemicals that existed within Texco's refineries to market. He agreed. He proposed bringing on two others, a gentleman strong in the sales side and a lady very strong on the customer side logistics. So that became my, it was actually total four partners, but uh, three others besides myself. Uh, so very early on, I mentioned that I was 33. He it was, roughly speaking, my age now, uh, 60. And so his view of the world and their view of the world, the other gentleman was, was also about that same age, was quite different than mine. I'm 33, they're 60-ish. Uh, so it, it became quite apparent very early on that their tolerance for risk it was, was quite different than mine. So we were able to come to a, an agreement within two years, actually, of our formation to buy them out. Mm. Uh, so in hindsight, yes, I would have I would have known of those uh, different stations in life issues, but as I said, at 33, I was still had my uh, quite a lot of gaps in in my wisdom. Yes, well, you just gave a jewel, which is make sure you always check the risk alignment with your partners, and perhaps you gave yourself your own answer with your sons. <laughs> right. So as we start to wrap up the show, Randy, I I will put in the link to your website. But what other one or two tips do you have for new leaders, whether it be a habit or something else during these times of crisis that you recommend they look at. Right, right. I think first and foremost, you have to continue to believe in yourself. You, as a leader, you have obviously done many things correct. And there'll be, as I, as we've referred to, these storms that will occur in business worlds. And we have to believe in ourselves. And 
I think whether that be with the assistance of prayer and in your faith, or perhaps a book, uh, but you know, also very importantly, take some time for yourself. You might find yourself in this in this storm, and and I think it's important that that you take time for your own health, whether it be a, a fitness regimen or in your own diet. Take some time away. I know that may seem extremely difficult, but sometimes in the midst of that strong hurricane, you you really have to do your best to step away and and look at look at the bigger picture and as i also said take make sure you you take care of of those most important matters of of your own health wow that's a great wrap up because i cannot tell you how many leaders right now are feeling burned out and as you said you can't lead if you're if you're not well so thank you randy for being on the show and being open about you know your successes and giving great tips as well as exploring your blind spots well thank you it's been an honor, Birgit, and I, I truly appreciate being on your show.